little Rolling Stones to start the podcast this week. That's never a bad thing. You had a tough time coming up with it this week. Though. It was. This week was a little tougher to come up with some songs. Usually it doesn't take me that long, but I had to do some searching to come up with a good one. In fact, let me just introduce you to what it's like to have lunch with us. We were at Subway the other day, and I said, this has happened. I said, I have three on menstruation. If I can come up with five, can that be a topic? And he said, Sunday, bloody Sunday. And I said, you know what? We'll never do a menstruation topic because I have like 50 on incest, and we still haven't done that one. And he said, we are family. So this is. That's this what is, I bring to the table. Right. The songs. <laughs> Sit there. You come up with a podcast, and I got your song. But yeah, it took me a little bit longer. It's Dance Little Sister because we're talking about horrific sisters this week. Welcome. This is the Fright Club Podcast. I'm George Wolf. I'm Hope Madden. And we are from MadWolf.com. We're back live for our monthly shindig at the Gateway Film Center, High Street in Columbus, Ohio, home of the Nightmares Film Festival. It's coming we up. talked a lot about it. Tell you what, you got to be here next month. It's going to be fantastic. But the big news, I guess the big news in horror movie this week is how well it is doing. Just and crashing. How do you like your girl? George is getting girl drink drink tonight. I on have. Yes. It floats. Well, what they do here a lot of times at the Gateway in the bar, they have a special drink, you know, for the movie. So they have this Pennywise float. So, yeah, I'm all about it. It's got some ice cream in there and some root beer. and It's got a shot of vodka. So, you know what? When, it, <laughs> when in Rome, That's right. I'm digging it. But yeah, uh, we talked a little bit about it on our, our on our other podcast, the Screening Room, and we both enjoyed it very much. Yes. And it's just breaking all kinds of records, Yay. which is really nice to see the horror movies up there. And it's ruining the careers of clowns everywhere. Apparently, <laughs> that's right. Which that is very you know true. what? It had to be done. It's really it's time for them to just recognize yeah. you're just scary. And you're just scary. And here's what I'm looking forward to. What this Halloween? I want to see how many kids. Yeah. Little kids. I want to see babies dressed up. <laughs> As Pennywise. Wouldn't that be great? It will be great. Be fantastic. Or a little kid in like a rain slicker with a boat. You yes. Know, the little, with a little balloon. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. Forward to that. So neighborhood kids, get with it. We'll be we'll be judging and scoring at home. So uh, yeah, what else we got from last week? We did the tribute, of course, to Toby, Toby Hooper. Toby Hooper uh, passed away too soon. We talked really about some of his about that. some of our favorite movies for Toby, and we got some feedback. We did, and um. Also, George got to make fun of me again because I like Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, and he got to do that. I'm not going to do it again. No, okay. I'm not going to do it. Okay, well, thank you. Thank you for that. Hey, Leatherface. <laughs> <laughs> you knew I was going to do I it. I did know you were going to do it. I've had one of these Pennywise floats. I, yeah. I mean, oh, I can't be thinking? held responsible. Yep, yep. But anyway, yeah. Silas, he liked the countdown, and he, he mentioned that he thought vampires were scary until he saw Life Force. It is true. It's <laughs> not a very good vampire movie. Yeah. That is so true. Oh, and was it who was was it Tom that brought up about um, Billy Idol, David Bowie? No, that so, was Silas. That was Silas. Yeah. Okay, brought because I mentioned that uh, Billy Idol was maybe going to have a role in that because Toby Hooper, uh, you know, directed um, Dancing with Dancing myself. with Myself video, and, and Silas brought up that maybe it was David Bowie. Maybe let's not quibble. <laughs> but uh, it the was some guy my who sources. was on a poster in my wall. That's basically what it comes down to. Could have been any member of Duran Duran at this Or point. a guy from Dukes of Hazard. No. Okay, so that was last week. But we're looking forward to this week. We're talking about horrific sisters. Well, we got into the podcast with Dance Little Sister by the Stone. So uh, really quickly, let's talk about the ones that were good, didn't quite make the list. In fact, one of these is very, very good. Yeah, but it's not primarily about sisters, okay. and that's why. So, like okay. The Shining, for example, a great set of sisters in that movie, but that's not really the movie's about. So it's not gonna. It didn't make the list. The one that almost made the list. George is really a stickler about six 
on live days. I'm not allowed to have six in our top five, top six on live days because he's more sort of anal about getting it done. So what? the film, ex- am, am I making that up? Go ahead, go on. So the film Excision <laughs> was going to be number six, and it's not, but see it anyway. So look, it also would be on our menstruation podcast, by the way. So <laughs> if that's a selling point at all. <laughs> but yeah, there are a couple of vampire movies that didn't make the list that came close. One is called uh, Kiss of the Damned, and the other is Only Lovers Left Alive, which is no oh, doubt the one you were talking about. So great. Yeah. So great. But I, I know what you're saying, that the sisters weren't, wasn't the main point of that movie, but such a great movie. And then also, I didn't really love the movie Mama. I kind of really sort of don't like the movie Mama, but the two little girls who play sisters in that movie are outstanding. I love that. And then there was one when we did Twins. We talked about Brian De Palma's movie Sisters, mm-hmm. which seems like an obvious fit, but right. didn't quite make the cut. So those okay. were some of the just bubbling under, but worth a mention. Okay. You know what else is worth a mention? The guy that just walked in in the Cleveland Indians jacket. Nice, <laughs> nice, sir. As we record this today, the Indians have a 21-game winning streak. That's right, as you pointed out. we are out. psyched, and we hope it keeps going into October when they win, when they win the really important games. They almost, almost did last year, but anyway, go Tribe. Okay, so we'll get to the top five of our favorite horrific sisters. And this one, man, this one is, uh, is weird for all the right reasons. In Warsaw... A pair of mermaid sisters are adopted into a cabaret. While one seeks love with humans, the other hungers to dine on the human population of the city. From 2015, The Lure. You know, it's in a foreign language anyway, so you're not going to get that much more if I played a longer trailer. I just love that song that they play in the background. Yeah. Because it's it's a musical about Polish vampire mermaids. Who's not intrigued? Well, here's the thing, though. That I mean, that's a that is an easy way to to sum it up. But there are they really vampires? No, because they're, they're more, really not. No, they're like sea creatures. Yeah. Yeah. But but it's but it's a great it's, or it's, sirens even. It's a great way to describe it yeah. because. And the other thing is, for all the weirdness that's going on in this movie, it's actually based on the fairy tale, The a Little, Little Mermaid, Mermaid. Exactly. Which is N- great. So not this the is Disney version, the Hans Christian Andersen version where they all die, which so superior. And it is because it, you know, and it's about, you know, the, the fairy tale is really about losing who you are to benefit somebody who doesn't deserve you and the heartbreak of that. And, and that's absolutely what this mer- movie is about, except even in Hans Christian Andersen version, the mermaid doesn't eat anybody, and in this one she does, so far <laughs> superior. Yeah. Um, and it's it's super fun and incredibly weird. It is. It's and incredibly it, weird. Very weird, and it, it has some humor in it, yep. and of course some blood, uh, and it also, you know. It, and that whole 80s Eastern Bloc retro pop vibe, which is yeah. good in everything. Yeah, it really does, and it's it's really, it's strange in, in so many uh, parts of the movie, but it's also, for being based on a, a previous work, it's also very original. And you talk about sacrifices uh, that you have to make, but specifically, I think it it looks at sacrifices that women specifically have to make to be kind of assimilated into what what society asks of women to be part of, quote unquote, normal society. Yeah. And actually, the bond of the sisters in this film 
and what happens when one sister sort of succumbs to that and the other one doesn't is, is reflected in the movie we're going to see tonight as well. So it's really, I think, kind of a very, like a very honest look at that separation anxiety as well between, between siblings. In many ways, it wasn't what I expected after hearing so much about it before we saw it. But then it, parts of it were, but then parts of it weren't. I know that sounds very, very strange, but the movie's strange. And it, it is. It's, it's uh, equal parts funny, and, and you mentioned the songs. Yeah. You know, it's very yeah. musical but, but, and weird and definitely worth seeing. Yeah. And that is number five on a horrific sister's list from 2015, The Lure. And number five is the one we're going to see tonight, two death-obsessed sisters, outcasts in their suburban neighborhood, must deal with the tragic consequences when one of them is bitten by a deadly werewolf 2000's ginger snaps. All it takes is one night and one bite. Let's get out of here. Ginger's changing. How do you feel? Wicked. They're just being normal teenage girls. I know we've talked about this one in some previous podcasts, but I think it's interesting that the writer, uh, a writer named Karen Walton, was actually apprehensive about writing this film because, just specifically because of horror genre's reputation of negatively portraying women. And then the director, uh, John Fawcett, convinced her that she could do a great job with it. And I think that's one of the themes that we appreciate about this movie. Yeah, I think so, too. I think um, it is a great coming-of-age movie. I don't think that they're very subtle with their metaphor. No, you know, no. She, so, uh, on the eve of her first period, the curse, by the way, she becomes a werewolf. And also, uh, again, and I think in the same way, like early in the trailer, you see these two sisters, and the hot one was like, we'll be together forever. And then you can see on the homely girl's face, no, we won't. One of us is going to have other shit to do. And then the next thing you know, a guy bites her, and then she's got other shit to do. And I think that there's something really, you know, tender about the the relationship between these two girls and about Bridget, who's not the werewolf, she's the other sister, about her relationship with her sister and how she's pissed off at her, but at the same time, she just really, she wants her back, but she wants what's best. Also, Mimi Rogers is hilarious in this movie. It's one of the things I like about it, too, is that it's just, it's very, very funny. Yeah, we don't want to say too much more for anybody that hasn't seen it. Just a couple of things. Uh, the director, uh, John Fawcett, refused to have any CGI effects which, honestly, is pretty awkwardly evident uh, through a lot of the movie. And also, listen for when they do uh, the school announcements over the PA. First of all, the voice is Lucy Lawless from Xena, Warrior Princess. And just listen to some of the names that they call over the PA. And it's interesting, the two stars, Catherine Isabel and Emily Perkins, they auditioned the same day. The two actresses were born in the same hospital, and they attended the same preschool, elementary school, and private school. They're bonded. They are. They're bonded. So that's that's uh, Ginger Snaps, and that's all we'll say about that tonight because uh, we're going to watch it here on the big screen in just a little bit, and that is number four on our list of horrific sisters. Moving up to number three, one from just last year that caused a stir, caused a ruckus when a young vegetarian undergoes a carnivorous hazing ritual at vet school. An unbidden taste for meat begins to grow in her. It's raw. So it's another coming of age tale. This seems to be like a big deal with sisters' horror movies. And also, 
French cannibal sex movies. You know what? There's more of those than you might think, actually. <laughs> and this is one of those that comes along. <laughs> I think there's one out there now that we're starting to hear about. Oh, people fainting in the aisles oh, vom- and, vomiting. and vomiting and having to call the paramedics about this one. So at least when, when we saw it, it ended up being a little, at least for me, a little less than what I expected. I mean, it's still, it's, it's rough. But uh, not quite. Yeah, it's it's body horror rough. There's that whole yeah. hair coming out of her mouth thing. That always that 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 was gross. That was nasty. But it's really it's an incredibly well executed metaphor. Oh yes, for coming of age. I mean, it's yes. it's a great story. The sister friendship is incredibly well realized, and and then but they never uh, Julia Ducourneau, the writer director, she never really veers from the metaphor that she has come up with. The kind of you know, uh, for her to pin this coming of age tale on, and it, and it, and she never lets go of it, and, it, and it's always awesome. And in the very, very end, the last scene, you kind of realize how darkly comic the whole film is. Yeah, it's yeah. one of my favorite final scenes in any movie I've seen. Yeah, agree with that. And the thing about those extended metaphors, sometimes then, as they just won't let them go, it can be one of those instances of just hitting you over the head with it. Yes. We get it already, but this one doesn't feel that way at no. all. It feels inventive and original and fresh throughout throughout the whole thing even though as you say it is pretty much one big extended metaphor but that last i agree with you that last kicker really brings it home it's great and it's also a great image of that bitch older sister who just doesn't let you off the hook no matter (laughs) what wait do you have some experiences you'd like to uh (laughs) bring up while we're talking about this well what's interesting is uh yeah the director julie i'm sorry ducourneau ducourneau uh, one of the things she worked with actress uh, Garance Morellier, <laughs> they pronounce it. I don't know. Huh? No. Let's okay. move on. The actress was supposed to work on her uh, her transformation of her body and her movements, so that over the course of the movie, you see that drastic change between the beginning and the end, as her posture changes and her movements changes. It obviously it mirrors the the transformation of her character, and I think that was very effective in a in a way to show those types of uh, what her character is going through without so much, you know, being so overt about it. Yeah, I thought she was great. She plays sort of the uptight, sheltered sister, but then um, Ella Rumpf, way easier to pronounce, plays her older sister, (laughs) who's equally outstanding, as the one who's, you know, already sort of let loose a little bit in college and doesn't want her little sister to embarrass her. And and she's great, and I I love their chemistry of very realistic sisters who really kind of hate each other and love each other and look out for each other and do the worst things to each other all the time. Yeah. Um, I thought that... All of the scenes that they share on screen are, are really probably the best in the movie. Especially when the older sister realizes. I thought you were going to say peas outside. No. <laughs> That's just like a normal Tuesday. <laughs> no, when her sister, when her older sister realizes what yeah. she's doing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, agreed. They have a nice chemistry. So that is Raw, number three on the horrific sisters list from just last year. Uh, Raw and moving up to number two. This goes back a ways for a classic. 1962, a former child star torments her paraplegic sister in their decaying Hollywood mansion. Whatever happened to Baby Jane? I wonder if you can guess who I am. I'm Baby Jane Hudson. Who the hell was Baby Jane Hudson? She's sick and she's not getting any better. You mean Jane? I think she seems much better lately. You wouldn't be able to do these awful things to me if I weren't still in this chair. But you are, Blanche. You are in that chair. <laughs> Jane, please. Don't do this to me. Jane! Jane, please!
course, in the years since then, this has taken on an added layer because of the legendary feud between Betty Davis and Joan Crawford. Which yeah, which is which is interesting because the movie is about two uh, faded starlets who are at each other's throats, and it starred two faded starlets who are at each other's throat. Which is funny if you think about it, because both of them were. I, I mean, I mean, I, I'm not sure either one of them was older than 50 when this was made. So it's crazy to think yeah. that both of them were sort of facing the twilight of their careers. It was insane. And then Joan Crawford got a, an Academy Award nomination no, for this. Betty Davis. I'm sorry. Right, Betty Davis got nominated and then won Best Actress for the movie. Just added to the fuel to the fire right. of their feud. Yeah. Betty Davis is unhinged brilliance in this movie, though. She is so great. And that makeup, what the hell? You know what? And that was her. I, apparently, she really pressed for that, to have that makeup be so hideous to make her look like that. They thought she was going way, way over the top. But you're right. Such a memorable, memorable look when you see either that trailer we just watched right. or still frames. Oh, like, yeah. She's nuts yeah, just she by is. looking at her. Oh, yeah. She's great. She is so much fun in this movie. And, and just in the one uh, scene that we saw there, you know, which she's just so snotty and mean back to her sister. It's the best. And it did actually, uh, it was so, it won an Oscar for costume design, and it was nominated for several others. And it kind of spawned its own whole genre of, like, creepy elderly women in horror movies, which is, which is fun, well, too. Well, that's, that's true. I think a lot of people uh, point to this as the beginning of the quote-unquote hag horror. Oh, I thought it was bitty. Bitty horror. Sh- sh- subgenre. Hag horror? Bitty horror? Bitty. Whatever you like. Yeah. But, yeah, you can kind of point to this uh, because they, like you said, even though maybe they're not that old, look, looking at the movie, they, they do look so old and decrepit, which kind of mirrors the house that they're living in. Oh, it's yeah. kind of that Grey Gardens thing oh, going yeah, yeah. on, you know, and the one can't, you know, can't, uh, can't move, can't walk, and the other sister takes full advantage of that and just torments her. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really diabolical and, and darkly funny yes. in, in places as well. Yeah, it's a, you know, and it's it's one of the rare, I think, sort of 60s horror movies that that ages well. Mm-hmm. Um it it's definitely got that throwback feel about it, but it's not there's nothing quaint about it like you don't watch it and go, "Oh, you know, you're like, god, god. She's going <laughs> to feed her her own canary. Oh my god, that poor woman in a wheelchair." Yeah, and one of the things you might see popping up uh, in the movie, Joan Crawford was an avid collector of Margaret Keene's, those sad eyes. I thought you were going to say wire hangers. <laughs> oh, Mommy Dearest. Of those sad eyes movies. Oh. Uh, I'm sorry, sad eyes paintings. Right. Uh, that they actually made a movie about a few years ago. But So you, those pop up uh, in this film because she actually collected them. And one of the funny little anecdotes from the feud is that uh, Joan Crawford at the time was married to a guy who was on the, the board of directors of Pepsi-Cola. So Betty Davis had a Coke machine put on set. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, that had to be. Uh, we didn't watch that. They just had the feud movie yeah. with uh, Susan Sarandon and um, Lang, Jessica Thank Lang. You. Thank you. Yeah, that I bet that was awesome. We missed it, but I mean, uh, well, such... Susan Sarandon as Betty Davis—that's perfect casting. She looks exactly like her. Yeah, um, yeah. So you can imagine the the, the fun they had on that shoot. If they and really did you know this? So Ryan Murphy. This is a sidetrack. I never even saw that show. But Ryan Murphy and Betty Davis were pen pals when he was young. Ryan Murphy from American Horror Story. Yes, who who wrote and directed that the yeah. show, The Feud. Yeah. yeah. Nice. I know. That is very cool. See how it all works out. It's like the circle of life. That's right. It's just beautiful. And that's number two from 1962. Whatever happened to Baby Jane on the Horrific Sisters list. And at number one, boy, this has been our favorite for a lot of reasons in a lot of different countdowns. And it's from 2003. A family is haunted by the tragedies of deaths within the family. A tale of two sisters. (laughs) 
This, of course, the Korean horror classic, and we watched this here at Gateway on a previous edition of Fright Club Live a few months back because one of the first things about this movie is just how it looks. It's gorgeous. And how it pops on it's the big so screen. It's so saturated in yes, color. Yes, yes, so saturated. Yeah, it's really, it's got a very um, uh, fractured fairy tale feel about it. It's, you know, it's sort of a little cottage nestled in the woods, and it's got all these colors, and and uh, and it's got an evil stepmother. It's also got sisters. It's got ghosts. It's got really everything. Uh, and it's director Ji Won Kim, and he's one of the few directors we've shown more than one of his films, because we also saw I showed I Saw the Devil, just his earlier this year. Uh, really, everything he does is just fascinating, but so completely different from everything else that he does. Um, and this movie was remade uh, in English language maybe, I don't know, seven or eight years ago. Yeah. The Uninvited. Disappointed. PG-13. Oh, Sucktastic was what it was. Sucktastic. Elizabeth don't Banks, though, who is almost always good, but uh, you can't even touch you can't even touch this. No. Um, and it, it's based on a famous Korean folktale, which uh, we've already heard how I pronounce foreign languages, <laughs> and I, I won't even try. But... Uh, yeah, you, like you said, you get the just kind of that fractured fairy tale type of thing. Absolutely, it has, it has those folk tale themes going about it. But well, and one of the things I think is interesting is that there's something, um, there's a surprise, and there's a good chance that you're going to figure out the surprise. But the fact is that the the success of the film doesn't rely on whether or not you've guessed the surprise, because there are like 75 other ones coming at you. And even if and you're not going to get, there's just no way you're going to like, oh, this is that guy's going to be under the table. You're totally not going to see them all. But even if you do, it doesn't matter that much because everything is executed so well and looks so glorious that you're just hypnotized by the whole film. Yeah, and it's interesting that you mentioned the other film of his that we watched, I Saw the Devil, because they're to so totally different. They really are, because this movie is incredibly female-oriented. Everything about it is very... Yeah, everything about it has, has a sort of a, a, a female orientation to it, whereas I Saw the Devil is, it just breathes masculinity. So it's interesting that he could just, you know, switch so quickly, but do both films in, in, a, in a way that is so incredibly satisfying for a viewer. Yeah, but this one definitely, if you have a chance to see it on the big screen, do that, because it's just beautiful to see it that way. A Tale of Two Sisters. Number one on our horrific sisters list from 2003. We've just got a couple of minutes to go here before we start our, our very own movie tonight, and that is Ginger Snap. So uh, before we get out of here, let us know uh, what you thought about this list, what we left out, what we didn't. Uh, and it's Mad Wolf on Twitter is the easiest way to keep the conversation going. That's M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F. Also, Mad Wolf Columbus on Facebook and on Instagram as well. Yep, and we have two things to tell you. So the next Fright Club podcast, not the Fright Club Live, Fright Club podcast, we're going to have a co-host, uh, Phantom Dark Dave, who's been on with us once before, and he has his own podcast. You can check out Black Cat's Shadow, and we're going to, he chose this. He, he's a very big classic guy, and he always chooses these old school stuff. We're going to talk about Hammer Horror, and then the next Fright Club Live. Do you want to tell him? Yes, we're going to get greasy. Greasy Strangler is going to be back here. We're going to be back <laughs> with that uh, October 11th, which is going to be great because I know when it had its short theatrical run, a lot of people missed it. And so it's become one of those cult movies that people, oh, I missed it. Well, you're yeah, going to have a one, chance you know, to see it's, it's it It's fun. Here. It's really super fun to see it by yourself. But if you can see it with a big crowd of people, it's kind of like watching The Room. with a big, it's just, yeah. Or Rocky Horror, any of them. It's really meant to be seen with a big crowd of people. That's going to be a blast. So that is October 11th, uh, right back here for Fright Club Live. And, of course, uh, Nightmares Film Festival coming the 19th through the 22nd, I believe, that weekend. Yep. Grab all the info, everything you need, nightmaresfilmfestival.com. A lot coming up to talk about, of course, October, the big month for horror. We plan to 
make it a fun one. So we look forward to hearing from you. Uh, until the next podcast, I am George Wolf. I'm Hope Madden. And this is the Fright Club Podcast. Stay right, my friends.